0: I've literally gone up to the chapel, to the Blessed Sacrament, and started singing the Ta Deum. in confusion.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Missionary Disciple Podcast by Catholic Christian Air Reach. The aim of this podcast is to inspire, equip, and challenge you, our listener, to be an active and effective evangelist. I'm your host, Gerhard, a missionary here with CCO, and today's episode is on prayer, André and Angel and myself have a conversation on prayer, particularly praise and how important this is to nurturing our spiritual lives and being an effective missionary disciple. Before we get started, if you have any questions about evangelization, please email us at podcast at cco.ca and we'll answer them in a future episode. All right, let's dive in. Okay, welcome back, André and Angel, to the, the podcast. Uh, And today we're going to talk a lot about prayer, and one thing a lot of people tend to think of is that prayer is uh, an obligation, it's a duty, that we speak to God, who's somewhere up in the sky, and hope that he hears us or he answers us. Um, However, the Catechism presents a very beautiful uh, understanding of prayer, and Before we dive into the conversation, I just want to set the groundwork by reading uh, two quick points. So in the catechism, it states that in the new covenant, the prayer is the living relationship of the children of God with their father, who is good beyond measure, with his son, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. So we see here that the catechism really presents prayer as a relationship. And one thing that we really try to Help others, the students, and everyone else we encounter, is to lead them into a personal relationship with Christ. And we see in the Catechism that prayer is so foundational to that. As founders of the movement and missionaries who've been missionaries for thirty years, how would you say your experience of prayer has been, or how how foundational would you say your prayer is to your work as missionaries? Well, I, I would say
2: it's central. Without it, you know, I'd be an empty vessel. Uh, you know, I'd have nothing to offer. You know, uh, I love that quote from the catechism that speaks about prayer in the context of a relationship. Maybe this discussion that we're going to have today will help uh, understand really what prayer is, that it is a relationship, and then through that, maybe have the, the, the tools to be able to to engage or to pray on a on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to actually begin is by asking, what is prayer? You know, why, h- how do people see it differently maybe or not the way it should be?
0: I think we have a lot of conceptions about prayer that, that limit us in our prayers so that we approach it like a bubble gum machine that we, we put in money and we're going to get bubble gum or that it's maybe even a slot machine if we keep, you know, putting in the coins, someday we're going to cash in. It's going to like really work out great for us. Or that we see it very in a performance orientation way that we need to, it's a, it's a duty. It's a thing we, we, we need to do and that we're probably getting marked on it. And we hope that God is, is pleased with, with our prayer, that it's especially for us as missionaries, because we, we carry that responsibility of prayer. So, so actively, because we know that it's directly linked to our our mission and our holiness is our life of prayer to be like Christ, who you know took time, even as a second person of the Trinity took time for prayer, that we need to as well. We can even get very performance oriented about it. That we have to. It's, it's a it's a to do list. Um, it's doing devotionals. It's it's doing your thing. It's it's doing a certain piety, and um, it can be very, uh, yeah, just be very work oriented, and that's not bad because actually it is a responsibility of our, it's as a covenant, it is a responsibility to be faithful and to to do the right things, but we need to always root it in that, those uh, catechism quotes you had there, Garrett to be rooted in relationship. And so I have duties as a mother, I have duties as a wife to you, but if there's no relationship in it, there's no softness and love and and joy, then you might as well just have um, a house cleaner come in, and do the laundry um, there needs to be the working relationship of love mm. and uh, mm. that togetherness in it yeah
2: yeah I, I would i would agree you know in my conversations with people they seem to see prayer the way you're describing it but when i talk to them about or describe prayer in the context of a relationship meaning it's me talking to god and and god talking back to me that me spending, you know, I'm, my prayer. I'm spending time with, dialoguing with the one that created me, and he's spending time talking to me about who he is and and who I am. When I see it that way, when we see it as kind of like a dialogue, a you know, this conversation that's happening, you you can see that it would be a lot more attractive to. To spend time every day with the one that created you, with your father, with your daddy, with your Lord, your Savior, with the Holy Spirit, your helper. Um, if you see it in in that way, not just as a something I need to do, a task that needs to be done, I, I think you'd be more motivated or you recognize the privilege of uh, being with God, spending time with, being in relationship with God every day. Um, I think it would be more easily um something that I'd be willing to commit to or something I'd be willing to go to in the morning. Um yeah, I would I would I would say that relationship is, is really an important way to see your prayer. Mm-hmm. Um did you always see it that way, Anshad? Do you always see it as kind of like a relationship or
0: no I think I mostly saw it as a, a duty because I was very very much wanted God to be pleased with what I was doing. So I wanted to do things well, straight A student, a real geek. So like even in my spirituality, I was pretty, pretty squeaky clean. So growing into knowing that the father's love, um, growing to know the Holy Spirit, growing to know Christ as friend and brother, you know, that has transformed and, and changed prayer to be from doing devotionals to, to being in, in conversation and to, to be less, concerned about the activities that i'm doing in my prayer with being being okay with the time spent with a friend that maybe there aren't tons of words or it wasn't a completely exciting visit but it was important to to be with and i want to be with so mm-hmm. there's a maturity i guess that happened. Yeah.
1: i think it's also important to realize that the like as you mentioned before we do have a responsibility to pray we do have a duty to pray and the duty is there to help the relationship like we all go through mm-hmm. periods of our life where prayer seems dry it's like nothing's happening or i'm praying but the exact opposite of is happening to me this sucks like the the duty is there to help us keep the discipline of prayer keep our prayer life alive and not just go well things don't feel great right now so i'm going to i'm going to can it and mm. walk mm-hmm. away the duty is there for the sake of the relationship the, we're not robots yeah. going okay time for prayer must pray yeah. move mm-hmm.
0: on i can't be a mom just when i feel like yeah. Making cookies, right? Like I have to be mom all the time. Mm-hmm. And the, the catechism, I mean, there's so much you could say about prayer, but the catechism speaks of the battle of prayer. That this is this is the first place to really get attacked, I think, in our spiritual lives. Um, those that are, that are disciples, it's going to be your personal prayer life. That's where the enemy will come in. The excuses, it's hidden. It's just a place for him to come in. No one's going to know. And it whittles away at your trust and confidence in the Lord. Even in the difficulty and in the battle of prayer, that link is is being formed. There's a there's a deep thing happening in you spiritually, that we need to be faithful to it, and we need to trust in the relationship even when you can't feel it.
2: Mm-hmm. I uh, you know the battle um, of prayer. Uh, yeah, the catechism really speaks of that. It is a battle uh, that it's something I need to fight for every day of my life. Uh, I'll, I'll share with you kind of a battle I had. Uh, this morning
0: this guy's a wrestler, hey, you know that like everything's mm-hmm. gonna turn into some sort of battle or fight.
2: Yeah, well, it is it is a battle between you know my flesh and and you know my relationship with my God. But this morning um, I last night I found it really difficult to you know, fall asleep. And so I was up. I only got like three, four hours of sleep last night.
0: Okay. So I made him a cappuccino while he was studying for his master's and it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe
2: a little too well. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, this morning I told Angela, you know, we usually get up pretty early to, to spend our time in prayer, but I said, I, I got to sleep, you know, and what I'll do is I'll find another time a little later. But I definitely want to spend my time with in my relationship with God in my prayer uh, before we actually talked about prayer this morning and so I, I I looked you know trying to schedule in my mind you know okay, when would I have you know that one hour block And so I decided, okay, we'll get to to work at eight thirty and I'll spend from eight thirty to nine thirty. So I got here and I set myself up I Sat down, and I I realized I'd forgot my journal and my prayer and my um, my Bible. So I felt helpless. So right away, I, I excuses came in my mind. Well, I'll, maybe I'll pray later or when I get home tonight. Or well, okay, how am I going to be able to pray for an hour and not having a journal or my you know the scriptures to read? And I said, Hey, Andre, I can do it. You can you can do it. So you know, it's about relationship. It's about being in conversation with God. So I, I started, um, you know, it, it, praying. And as I was praying and it was going well for a certain amount of time, my mind began to wander. And, oh, shoot, I got to get back. You know, usually I get back by reading the scriptures or or journaling. But I didn't have that. So I was helpless. So I w- my mind was full of excuses why I'll pray later. But I had to battle that, battle that, you know, those temptations, that 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 um, that voice in me saying, you know, you can't do this, and and it was it was a battle for a, a, quite a, a long time, and unfortunately, about forty minutes into my prayer, um, I lost the battle, I got distracted, and I went and spoke to my assistant about something that needed to be done well you know you know unfortunately you know i lost that battle tomorrow i'll, I'll try again but it is constant it is always there there's always a voice or uh, something out there that is distracting me calling me away from this time and you know we just have to to fight it and you know, the battle starts every morning. I just got to fight this battle and then, you know, start again the next day. So it is, it is a battle, but I I would, I I would actually like to, to maybe, um, recognize that there is a battle. Okay. It's a fight. And maybe in our conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about that, some ways to kind of, uh, you know, overcome or to to have victory in that area. But I'd like to go back to the question that I started off with, uh, by asking, Angel, okay. So, recognize it is a relationship. The heart of prayer is, uh, you know, conversation with God and God um, speaking to us. But it is also a battle. You know, there's going to be a lot of distractions. So uh, let's talk about how you how you begin. Like you wake up in the morning and how do you start?
0: I just start scrolling through Facebook and then Insta, and then Twitter. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be praying. Um,
2: Does that work or?
0: uh, It's not a very good plan. I'm thinking of doing something else soon. Um, Anyway, uh, the morning, I think, first of all, being prepared to get up in the morning, like knowing like this is this is happening, like this is what I'm doing. And when you see it as a relationship and if you're meeting a friend for coffee, you wouldn't uh, sleep in, hit snooze, like whatevs, like just like not be present, you would You'd get up and you'd be at Tim Hortons or Starbucks to have that that coffee meeting. So there were times where I actually pulled our coffee maker in our bedroom. I don't know if you remember that, but I used to have the coffee maker right next to my bed ready. And I would just push, click to get that coffee going. So literally having like something to, to get you up for. And um, uh, sometimes actually in our household, my husband, do you know him, André Renier? Yes, I do. He brings me coffee and orange juice while I'm having my prayer time. Which is, uh, you know, gets him out of bed, gets him prepared, but also, you know, sets me up to be awake and alert. So you just need to get a husband like that and you'll probably have a great prayer life.
2: So what you're, what you're saying is that you actually have to, you know, schedule your prayer. It has, it can't be, well, I'll pray when I can.
0: That's right. It has to be scheduled. And yeah. it, it should be really, honestly, I would say the first thing in the morning. Otherwise, you're facing what you're facing now because life comes in. So you might plan for the evenings, but something's that 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 like there's just there's things like life goes on. So planning for it and also planning for it the night before. Father Bob Bedard, companions of the cross, he always says he used to say that you know a decision to stay up late is a decision not to pray, and it's it's very true, especially with with young people who have you know great social lives.
1: Eighteen thousand different distractions. Yes,
0: yeah. there's so many yeah. things. So so making that a priority, um, but distractions I, I, are always there. Yeah,
2: I I would fully agree um, that for me personally I mean the it's difficult there is a battle to get up in the morning, but when your alarm goes off and you've committed to it, it's fairly easy to get out of your bed and and you know make the coffee and then sit down and begin to pray. I mean it's difficult, but it's a lot more difficult um, after you know when the the sun starts shining and the children start coming down, um, you go to work, uh, you've got meetings and conversations and tasks, it makes it almost impossible to sit down and to really enter into a time of prayer when the busyness of life has begun. That's why early in the morning Jesus did it by the way he did it he didn't pray in the midday I mean, he prayed all the time but he spent his time praying you know in the middle of the night or in the morning when everything was quiet and I was able you know the the, the catechism speaks of you know prayer is an action of the heart and it speaks and talks about describes the heart is that quiet place. The heart is that place where we go to and we retreat. It's kind of like, you know, our, uh, it's it's our sanctuary. Well, if our life is busy, if there's noise all around us, it makes it impossible for me, and I would suggest probably our listeners, um, it almost makes it impossible to enter into that time of, of retreat, you know, after your day's begun, you know, after eight o'clock, almost impossible to have, I mean, the battle really is, is impossible. There's almost, it's impossible to be victorious in this area uh, consistently with your prayer life after eight o'clock in the morning, at least that's what I, my,
0: that's my experience. My well. experience, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, okay, so you've woken up, and what happens?
0: Um, starting prayer, what I've found to be helpful that my spiritual director guided me in was just doing some favorite rote prayers just to, to get in the game, to get my head into, like, I am praying to the living God. Because when I used to just pray and start thinking about things or, like, what should I do in my prayer time today or just be going over my head, the things that had happened during the day. When I start that way, I, then I get into distractions. Then I start making to-do lists and I start texting people about things that have to be done in the day. And I, I get into like starting my day rather than starting my prayer.
2: Oh, wow. That's, that's, someone write that one down. Someone
0: write that down. So um, for me, I, the, the prayers that I have is a sushi pay, would be Anna um, a consecration to Mary, um, another Therese prayer that I have and those kind of just calm me down and, and set the tone to start
2: how long would that be you know
0: oh like three to five minutes okay yeah.
2: so you're, you're so uh, uh, I'll just have a like so you have the prayer do you just kind of read it quickly or do you try to really enter into the words uh, that are spoken or...
0: no I would be thinking I mean the words mean something to me they're not just prayers that I picked that they're they're cute like they they mean something to me they have a history in my life So I would be thinking of the words, um, as I'm saying them, but I'm also not doing it for 20 minutes. So I enter into that. And then the beginning of, of my prayer is, is usually something either related to what's happening that day. Like I might be aware that it's a particular feast day, like today, all saints day that took up a big portion of my, my prayer life this morning was just going like, today's all saints day. Oh my goodness. And then remembering these, these friends in heaven. Um, so different feast days will, will catch my attention, or um, an examine of of my own life. So the examine is meant to be done actually at night, but I often do it in the morning because, you know, me, I fall asleep in one minute. Uh, the examine is a time to have that honesty with the Lord. So this isn't just delivering um, a task to God, it's, it is relationship. So often starting with that honesty of like, wow Lord like yesterday was awesome like I'm so grateful for what happened or I regret how I spoke to this person I regret what I said I regret what I didn't do I I wish I could do that all over again uh, coming to him in this um, basically a self-awareness of saying like I was aware Holy Spirit of how you were helping me and I was aware <laughs> of how I failed
2: uh, you know I I am um, you know I, as you're Talking about kind of the exam, the way I would describe it um, would be coming to God, coming to our prayer time just as we are. So, you know, w- when I go for coffee, it's all a relationship. When I go for coffee with somebody, you know, the first thing I might say is, "Ah, oh, man, I'm stressed out. I got an exam, or I have something um, that's really burdened me." So we, it's like we we've kind of allowed ourselves to be transparent so what i often do is the first thing i do when i sit down i grab my journal and i just kind of jot down kind of what's going on you know something i often say and i'm sure if i look back at my journal the first paragraph is often you know this is i do not feel like praying right now or i am so tired i did not sleep last night you know, I, I I kind of talk about or write down kind of what it's almost like I'm telling God and myself where I am. Kind of, oh, I'm tired or I'm motivated or I can't wait, you know. Uh, so I'm I'm speaking, I'm exposing myself, I'm making myself transparent. But what i like to do right after that, I want to acknowledge who I'm in relationship with. Uh, you know if I'm really communing or being in relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know we Catholics do the the sign of the cross, but we do it quickly, name the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, and begin praying. What I want to do in my prayer time is actually acknowledge the person I'm in relationship with. So I spend time with the Father, talking, acknowledging, worshiping, you know, um, confessing who the Father is. and then I spend some time, with Jesus, and then I spend some time with the Holy Spirit. You know, a training student through kind of a process of how to pray. So what I do is I say, "Hey, um, I want you to spend the next five minutes meditating on and reminding yourself who the Father is." And after five minutes, I say, "Okay, now let's spend five minutes with with Jesus," and then. Then after that, I ask him to spend some time acknowledging who the Holy Spirit is, and what they discovered in that fifteen minutes is that there was a lot they discovered about the Father by just acknowledging the Father, not just in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then start praying, and crying out to God for whatever, but actually spend some time saying hi to. The Father and and acknowledging and, and recognizing who the Son is and then the Holy Spirit. Fifteen minutes wasn't enough time to say hi to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: You sound like it's ants; they have very long hellos.
2: Well, exactly, exa- <laughs> Well said. <laughs> yeah, you. it's a way to kind of enter in to a relationship is by acknowledging who you're in right, a relationship with. Because if you just with.
0: start praying to God, bless the Trinity. There's uh, identifying the persons of the Trinity brings the personal aspect, the relational aspect into it. So sometimes when we just pray to God, it can feel a little too out there, a little too out there, a little too broad. But but also in this, this dynamic of the relational is also, this is God actually. So he comes to us, he's so intimate, but yet this is the greatest power of all powers combined you know like this is the god of the universe um and so we also should not treat him like he is gerhard at tim hortons right like there's there's a there's a dynamic there a balance of um i can't believe i get to be with you and i get to be with you and i can't wait to be with you right, right. so there's that that element of opening your prayer life which i know you're really getting into here is like is that praise and so i know that you like to praise through the Psalms, the Psalms are your, your favorite thing. Uh, for me, the praise would be besides reflecting on God, the, the persons of the Trinity would be for me, worship music. So I'll often put on my headset. Um, and there's often songs that are speaking to me at a certain time in my life and, um, putting that on because the, the, the words, the music, um, is bringing me into a place of actually, Just adoring God, worshiping God, imagining myself um, in a beautiful place—Heaven or a church or um, whatever—giving Him glory and honor and praise just for who He is.
1: And when you're listening to the music, um, and you said that you have certain songs that really speak to different times of your life. When you're in that season where there's a few songs that are really speaking to you, are you going back to those same songs over and over again, or are you try? Are you listening to a couple times, then moving on, and then? coming back and then moving on.
0: Yeah, as it works. Like sometimes there'll be a song that's kind of like your song for a month or it mm-hmm. could be for a while. But um, actually often I wake up with a song in my head. It's like the Lord's already got the playlist going and there, there'll there be a song in my head. So I'm like, okay, okay, Holy Spirit. I'll put that one on. And um, and then then I, sometimes I'll actually look up the words. I'm like, what are the lyrics? Sometimes you can't really hear the lyrics. And I'll look up the lyrics and I'll be like, oh my gosh. Like this is totally speaking into what is going on right now? I can't believe how the Lord, the Holy Spirit, chose this song um, to start my day. So it's always a it's always an adventure. Sometimes I just put it on shuffle on my Google Play and um, and and see what what comes up. And you know, sometimes it's it's whatever. But just there are those times too where it's like, mm, nice pick mm-hmm. that that really hit the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, so I'd, I'd like to just share with you um, words mm-hmm. from the Catechism. Paragraph 2639 about praise. It says, Praise is a form of prayer which recognizes most immediately that God is God. By praise, the Spirit is joined to our spirit to bear witness that we are children of God. So what what the Catechism is teaching us is that when we praise, we immediately, and that's been my experience, you know, like often it's hard to get into prayer, you know, to start praying because you're tired or distracted or just don't feel like doing it. I've been in that place countless times. It's, it's a common place. I find myself at the beginning of my prayer. And so what I do is I begin to praise. So I begin to say, Father. You are the creator of heaven and earth. Jesus, you are the son of the living God. And as I acknowledge, confess, speak these words of praise, of worship, it's almost like, and this is what the the catechism is saying, is that it immediately lifts our heart and our very being and our thoughts. and, And it's almost like we enter into the very presence of God and so now we're now in that relationship. And again, the, this is what the, the catechism is saying, that we immediately recognize that God is God and our spirit is joined with God's spirit and acknowledging who we really are, the sons and daughters of God. So for me, you know, praise is so important at the very beginning. And you're talking about, using worship music, and what you're doing in worship music is acknowledging the greatness, the grandeur, the closeness of God. Another word I often use in my praise, in my worship, is is that, God, you are present to me right now. That is an extraordinary confession or acknowledgement that God, the creator of heaven and earth, has made himself present to me right now just just meditating on that and acknowledging that is enough to capture your heart enough to allow you to be now motivated to spend some time with the one that loves you and you desire to love back
1: Mm -hmm. and i think there's an interesting point here um angel you use worship music to praise and to enter into prayer and andre used the psalms Mm -hmm. um and I think there there's a wisdom in that it is a personal relationship between us and God, us and the the, the person of God, in that not not one way necessarily works for everyone. Um, we need to find the we need to find what works best, what what allows us to really enter into the time of prayer for our listeners, for some of you, pr- worship music may not be on your plate at all. Mm-hmm. However, the there may be some other form of uh, either music or scripture or um, spiritual reading that really helps you enter into that in, enter into that presence of God and start to pray. So, um, yeah, just it, at the end of the day, it's all about that relationship, and that relationship is personal. Yeah, unique.
2: it's very, very much unique to each person. Mm-hmm. You know, we we speak to God, um, you know, um, and relate to God. In unique ways. I approach God in a certain way, and Anja approaches God in a certain way that best speaks to her. But there are principles. Mm-hmm. And that I think is where um, that people fail to they're finding it hard to kind of enter into prayer because they they are unaware of the principles of prayer. And so I think the first principle of our relationship is a relationship you know that it is a relationship. but the second is that it sh- at the foundation at the very beginning, the early moments of your prayer should be a, a, a way of worship, acknowledging who God is, where God is and who God is and you know wh- where I am in relationship to him. Mm-hmm. to me, worship or praise should be the first act of a Christian. How you do that, it really, um, it, it, you know, there are many ways that you can enter into
1: mm-hmm. adoration. Yeah, and, and that adoration, the heart of it is, it's acknowledging God is God and I am not. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that inherent humility, which is necessary for prayer. Like we can't pray to God if it's, okay, you're God, but I'm, in my head, I'm thinking I'm God. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do what I tell you to do. You can't have a relationship with someone if it's like, all right, I'm calling the shots here and you do what I tell you to do.
2: Well, it's interesting. Um, the the quote continues. Um, it says, praise embraces the other forms of prayer and carries them towards him. So praise, and I've all, often spoke about this, is that in worship, if you begin your, and I think when you, when you look at, for example, maybe, how much time you should spend in praise and then petition. And, you know, I think the majority of your prayer, uh, at least for me, is praise, um, adoration, acknowledging. But the catechism speaks that in praise, it opens up the door to all other forms of prayer, like petition, like a a heart of repentance. Um, uh, It it. Opens up the door to meditation and contemplation. It, it prays, kind of, uh, opens up even the the the, the explosive uh, revelation that happens when you when you read the scriptures. So you know, I really encourage um, our listeners, anybody that wants to really have an active prayer life, a, a real intimate prayer life, that. Let your prayer life begin with worship, and that will take you, as the catechism teaches, into all other forms of, of prayer. You know. So, how long would you say that for you? Do you spend in uh, in worship, um, acknowledging God and adoring Him?
0: I think it could be on, you know, just five minutes worth of acknowledging god for who he is but sometimes i actually feel him inviting me to take the entire hour to just um to worship him and kind of an insight i've had in the last few years um i would frame it i was talking to you about this in the car it's like in reflecting on your own prayer life you i might ask a question like so so how satisfying is your prayer um And then I feel like also flipping the question and saying like, how satisfying is your prayer to the Lord? So what's the Lord's experience of your time of prayer? And I kind of looked at my own life and I was like, wow, like how many times I've sat in prayer and I am (coughs) literally reminding the Lord of all the things like, like you're on this, right? Like, it's like, I'm sitting down with Andre on a Saturday morning going like, so you remember like, we got to. you know, fix the light in Jana's room, and we need to like call that guy. The about the like go through the to do list. Like you remember, you're doing those stuff, right? Like like I'm counting on you for this. Um, And how satisfying are those conversations for Andre on and Saturday morning? Like important, but not satisfying. Not satisfying for our relationship. So how often is my prayer coming to the Lord with a to do list, also a fearful to do list? like, I'm afraid you're going to forget. I'm afraid you don't see me. I'm afraid this isn't going to happen. I'm afraid this is going to go bad. And so there's a real fear that laces my time of prayer. And on the flip side, I've seen him inviting me into more praise, more worship, more, um, really just loving him and, and him inviting me to say like, actually, this is really satisfying for me. If you just came here and you just loved me and worshipped me and sang to me for an hour, this would be good for us. This would be good for your soul. This would be um, time well wasted. And and I know very well the things that are on your heart. Mm-hmm. I know the things that you've brought to me during your rosary on the drive home. I remember it all. But will you just come and love me for an hour? Um, and so this has been kind of a... Um, a paradigm shift for me in the last few years of moving from the performance orientation to, and I guess maybe the Catholic way of saying it would be consoling the sacred heart of Jesus, right? Mm. So how am I consoling the heart of the Lord in my prayer life? And and how many, um, how many opportunities does the Lord have just where His people are loving Him and delighting in Him, worshiping Him, adoring Him? Um, and how many times... If I were to weigh my prayer times, how many of those were, were fearful petitions or dutiful devotions? And how often was it just a um a childlike audacity and confidence and trust and love um to just to just love up on the Lord? And so I think allow that's him a, to love
2: up on us.
0: Yes, because it's reciprocal. Like the more that we're delighting in him and just enjoying being in his presence, um, we are being filled with love.
1: Mm-hmm. And Go ahead. It, it reminds me of, um, we see this lived out in our human <laughs> relationships. Uh, I think there was a study done, I think was, I want to say by the Gottman Institute, but please don't quote me on that, where for a relationship to be healthy, you need to have, I think it's, it's either four or eight positive interactions to every one interaction. So if you think about it in this, your married life and our relationship with God is supposed to be a relationship. How healthy is our relationship if he feels like every time it's coming and it's demands or fear or tears or mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: anxiety and anguish? And not to say that there isn't a season in our lives where that may be what we're going through.
0: And he doesn't want us to hide it. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he see, doesn't want us to hide see, it.
2: I, I think ultimately it's honesty.
1: You know, what is
2: really enriching in a relationship between a husband and wife or good friends is transparent honesty and and speaking to what is what matters and what is on your heart and what is going on it's not meant to be a facade here's everything's great and I'm I'm fine no it's it's meant to be what is pleasing to me on both ends is transparency honesty and so i i don't uh, i think what you're trying to say Ansha is that Um, Our prayer life isn't just ragging on God all the time. It's actually being honest with God and transparent. And so it's not only me just being transparent with him, but allowing him to be transparent to us. So praise is God revealing who he is to us. So it's opening ourselves to honesty, to recognition. Because when I say, when I say, God, you are merciful and kind. What a beautiful icon. What a beautiful image in my mind of God who is merciful and kind to me. What I mean is so um, um, it, it, it's uh, something so easy to receive and, and, and so pleasing to me. But when I recognize that God is merciful, and kind, I begin to recognize that I'm not. I'm not merciful because I, like Angel you were saying, you know what I, the the um, the examine, you know, I wasn't merciful. So when I see that God is merciful, I see that I wasn't. So my my natural response is repentance. Now that is a Beautiful thing before God, isn't it? That I'm recognizing that I'm not loving as He is. So, in a way, what is not so much the principle isn't don't rag on God. The principle is don't always cry out to God for everything you need. And, you know, it's, it's not about just throwing things at Him, it's about being transparent. And so, if I am in despair, For a long, long time, that's what I bring to the Lord, but it begins in worship, allowing Him to be transparent and and pleasing to me in my worship. And usually, what happens for me, you know, I'm just uh, you know my experience is that when I worship God, when I acknowledge God for who He is, my problems, my issues, my struggles, almost become less they're not so
0: the sting is a little less yeah it is a little less sometimes i think the honesty precedes the the worship so <clears throat> i'm thinking of situations where um you're in really deep trials or um situations i've faced in ministry where something you've worked really hard at is actually like imploding or exploding yeah, blowing like, up in your face yeah, it's blowing up like it's it's ruined and you really thought the lord was in it and my inspiration in that is actually um the witness of saint margaret Duville ville and um the classic story there is at the the hotel ville de ville um where they had basically the uh, like a hospital in, in old montreal that they had built up that they had you know um made for for the the ill and the sick the dying burns down um, in vieux And so she calls the sisters out. They get everybody out of the the hospital, and she asks them to go to their knees, and they start singing the Te Deum, which is the church's great uh, hymn of praise to the Lord. And I can't imagine seeing your 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 entire order's life's work burning to the ground. And literally. Then literally burning to the ground with the people around you, and then saying, no, we will go on our knees and we will sing um, praises to God. And so, um, her witness has given me inspiration in those really confusing and dark places. Um, or I've, I've literally gone up to the chapel, to the blessed sacrament and started singing the Te in confusion, in utter confusion. Um, the praise is not very pretty. It is not, it is not a dancing and delightful heart. It is, it is a heart that's choosing to say the things that my heart doesn't believe yet. Mm-hmm but that my mind and soul know are true and not letting the enemy win even though the, the circumstances are really difficult. And I can tell you that all those situations where I have I had the cognizance or the, or the Holy Spirit prompting me to do that the situations have actually turned out. they've actually flipped on a on a dime done a 180, <coughs> and those circumstances have actually... Um, reconciled themselves miraculously and and have gone forward or just an interior disposition of my own heart of of being rooted more deeply in the father's love even in difficult circumstances so I think praise is is this thing that actually we're really uncomfortable doing it's it's a it's it, there's a there's an awkwardness to doing it I don't know why but there really really is and so um, that's why music and words, lyrics, I guess for you, psalms. Um, when you don't have the words in your own off your own tongue, I'll go to someone, someone more talented than me to to, to make the beautiful into the words, so that you know that expression of of praise can be given.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, we're just going back to the how important worship, that first act of a Christian is, is to adore, to recognize. That it really should be that which defines, and again, I'm not, you know, um, an expert in the the spiritual life, but from my experience and from what you're sharing, is that praise is really should be what defines your your time of prayer, and you know, again, I just go back to the Catechism, and it's it talks like it speaks of. In paragraph 2097. To adore God is to acknowledge in respect and absolute submission the nothingness of the creature who would not exist but for God. To adore God is to praise and exalt him and to humble oneself as Mary did in the Magnificat, confessing with gratitude that he has done great things and holy is his name. The worship of one God sets man free from turning in on himself from the slavery of sin and adultery of the world. So what praise does is it moves our gaze from the burning disaster to the one who can bring all things,
1: make all things good. Thanks for joining us today for our conversation on prayer. This is the only beginning of our discussion, and I will be sitting down with André and Angel in the future to continue our conversation. Keep an eye out on our blog for a post that will go into more depth on prayer, particularly praise. If you have any questions, comments, queries, quandaries, conundrums, or otherwise, please email us at podcast at cco.ca. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share us with your friends. Once again, I'm your host, Gerhard, and you're listening to the Missionary Disciple Podcast by Catholic Christian Outreach. Until next time, God bless.